Small businesses are at the heart of the U.S. economy. Here at Nurture Small Business Podcast, we're dedicated to seeing our small business owners succeed. I am your host, Denise Kagan, president of DCA Virtual Business Support. If you like what you hear on today's podcast, please share it. You have my gratitude for doing so. Today's guest self-funded her first New York ad agency, achieving $1 million in revenue in just the first year. Along the way, she traveled to 42 countries, completed the Boston and New York City marathons, and a half Ironman. I'm already tired just telling you that. All while battling a rare bone condition called brittle bone. Welcome to today's show, Tanya Alvarez. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to talk to you because you have what you described as a classic underdog story. Yeah. I didn't realize how much the odds were against me, right? Mm. So what I mean by that is when I was growing up, you know, um, my mom immigrated from Colombia and she was a single parent with four kids. So we were low income sometimes. And based on those stats, I shouldn't have gotten to a really good college, right? I got into Wellesley College. And from there, being an entrepreneur, I didn't have like some rich uncle or some funding. So all of that, I was like, whoa, I didn't realize how much the odds were against me. So still, I when I looked at it, even when like I achieved a million within the first year, I thought, oh, most companies do this. And when I realized it, it was less than 10%. Now you go to females and females, it's like what? I think it's like 4% of females or 3%. And then if you near it even down to Latinas, you know, or Latins, it's like barely a percentage, but what all that being said, it's like, it's great that, you know, I saw the odds and everything, but what really helped me was having support. This self-made myth is a bunch of BS. And I uh-huh. hate it advertised everywhere. Like, oh, I did. No, every person, you know, every successful athlete, everything had a support structure to defy those odds or make it happen. I would agree. I would agree. Um, so it's it's interesting that several of the things that you listed were also from my background, very poor family, 12 kids and two sibs I know went to college. I don't think graduated. I believe I'm the next to the last in the, in the line of the, the age. I'm pretty sure I'm the only one that has graduated college. So yeah, um, those humble beginnings do really make you appreciate where you've gotten to today. But yes, it, it wasn't yet. Yeah, you do have to put in the work. There's a lot of hard work that you have to put in. And we're going to talk a little bit about the hard work and how you stay accountable to that, because that is our conversation for today. Right. Your company, Owners Up, tell me about that. So Owners Up came about because as I was growing my first business, I didn't have anybody to speak with, like, or chat with what was really going on. Mm. And what I mean by that is like, you know, I had um, my employees, but they're, you know, they have their own bias. They're not, and I can't share with them, like, sometimes what's really going on, right? Because you don't want to scare them. Or there are situations where it is just like the emotional burden of your brain's nonstop. You're like, who else? And when I would talk to, when I would go to other people, um, I didn't feel comfortable sharing all the details. And I was like, hmm. So here I am running um training for the Boston Marathon. And even 
I've been a collegiate athlete, you know, and I ran, I've ran before and I know what to do. I still joined a group of others. And then I still send the information by, you know, back then it wasn't all digital. So we would write it down and I would send all that information to my coach. And then I would share what was going on with the other people I was running with. And then I was like, what, why don't I have that for my business? Mm. Where can I find that? And so that's what I started. So we put entrepreneurs in groups of five, and then we have weekly calls and we have a whole system so they can get aware of their challenges and always have support. And that was the biggest breakthrough for me when I set it up. And even though I know exactly what to do, there's always something that's just like a blind spot or something you need support in. I would agree. I mean, I have employees as well. And, you know, heaven forbid, I get a time where I look at the the financials and go, hmm, how am I going to make payroll? <laughs> but I'm going to be transparent and tell you that has happened in the past where I didn't know how I was going to make payroll. Okay. You're right. You can't talk to your employees about that because, you know, it might be something as simple as just the timing is off on when checks are coming in, but it, it is frightening. And I've had employees, even when we talked about things like shifting in the economy, not specific to my business, who've like, oh, I'm, I'm going to quit because I need to go find another job because it's a bad economy. I didn't understand that logic, but you have to be careful how much you share with your employees, even while you are trying to be transparent. So we're creating this community with entrepreneurs. And tell me how, tell me about some of the things that your 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 clients talk about. So one member, when he started, he was about 300,000 in. And he's like, honestly, I don't want to grow anymore. I can't handle it. I'm working nights. I'm working weekends. Like the... I'm turning away business because I'm so overwhelmed. He goes, my wife is supportive. Everyone's supportive, but I'm dealing with a lot. And he's not one of those people who like go on forums and post about things and talk about things. I think there's a certain type of special person for that. I'm not that person. I wish I could be more vulnerable. I need a small group of people. So what we helped him do is he's actually on track to be at 750,000. Now he has a team of people and this is less than a year. And it was more about helping him understand how to let go of things, hire. He actually hired his first VA, you know, that gave him that support and um, actually pr- providing systems. And so now he's working literally. He has his weekends back. He has his nights back and he's actually takes a day off. And that was like unheard of. Right. But and now he's ready to even grow more. But at that point, when he came to me, he was like, no. And sometimes entrepreneurs, they think that their default is I can outwork anybody. Mm, mm. And it's such, I understand that one because I had it, right? As being an underdog, you know, I was like, I got to work harder. I got to work harder. That's just what I got to do. And it doesn't serve you. And it can only get you so far. So you, you have this client started at 300 K was well, when he came to you and now more than double that two and a half times that amount in a year when he didn't want to grow, how do you help somebody overcome? Because clearly there was some fear there. How do you help somebody overcome? It's more than just the technical and the processes. There's some emotional stuff going on there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. First thing we do is get them aware of the time, right? So we have this time audit 
And then we get them to start realizing the times when it's like right before vacation. Have you ever noticed right before vacation, <laughs> you're super productive? <laughs> and, and it's like, whoa, how did I get all that done? So it's called the Parkinson's law. And what it does is like the amount of time you give something is the amount of time it takes, right? So now before vacation, you're like, oh no, I have like 48 hours to get this all done. And now you have to get these projects done in a short amount of time than you did. And you're able to do it. So we get them kind of analogies and we work them through what it is that's going through and what are the things that are like natural defaults, right? So what his natural default was, I'm going to outwork everybody to get everything done. Well, he can't make smart decisions. Then he's going to carry that energy back home. Then he's going to have more challenges, right? Because he has two toddlers. So we help him kind of work with that. And then we also challenge him and hold him accountable. We like to gamify things. So when he first got his first VA, he's like, Tanya, you know, all this information, I don't know if anyone can handle it. And I was like, well, why don't we try? Go, if I'm wrong, um, I will, you will have a month free. Right. Wow. And, and yeah. Because <laughs> put your money where you know, your mouth was. Of course, you know the support is great, right? You run a VA business. And I said, and and if you're and then I said, that's how we went about it. So he's like, of course, he took on that challenge. And all of a sudden, he's like, wow, I have so much time back because he's doing so much unnecessary admin work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I see that with solopreneurs that are in the, you know, maybe coming up on the 100,000 space to 250, 300 like this guy, you know, they're they're not they're not willing to let it go. Sometimes they're not willing to let it go, but sometimes they just literally don't know how to. They don't know how to place trust in someone and build up a relationship because that that you that relationship between the VA and the business owner, it does have to be built a little bit, you know. How do you advise cuz I've seen okay, I was stalking your YouTube. Um I saw several videos on there about how to work with VAs. How do you advise clients on that? So there's a couple of things that automatically you got to give, um, and I don't think I have this update on my YouTube, but you got to have give people decision power. Mm-hmm. Right? And you have to remind yourself that no matter what they do, you can always fix it. Can't be that bad. And like so that. in my first business, this was, uh, I guess I was naive, but I wanted to travel and I was 25. So what I would do is I would travel to developing countries. Mm-hmm. And some of these countries don't have internet as well. This is mm-hmm. back in the day. So imagine going to Peru, hiking Machu Picchu, and you have no connection. Most people would freak out to do that in their first business. And so what I would do is I would make sure that they're able to make decisions without me if anything happened. Mm-hmm. So I would go through it and be like, hmm, if a client says this or there's a fire, how do you handle this? If a client says this, can this wait until I get back in a week? Right. And then I prep everybody, or I say, you can make decision, decisions based on this financially. With um, You can use my card, and let's say it's like about $100 is what you can make a decision on. So you make small decisions. Or even like, for example, let's use this. Picking a chapstick. You tell somebody just to go pick a chapstick, that's not enough information. Of course, you're going to get upset when they come back with a chapstick that like is a brand you don't like. But, <laughs> Black li- licorice. And I'm yeah. like, ew. <laughs> like something you're allergic to. But if you find them, hey, I need a chapstick that's around $12, organic, cherry, and, and has clean ingredients, pick anything you want. 
You're giving them power. You want to start training people so they can make decisions, even if it's VA or an admin. You know, I heard more than just giving people empowerment there. I heard a process. Mm, Yeah. So is that something that you do? Do you help develop processes with your clients? Yeah. Naturally, we do have uh, goal recipes. We call them goal Goal recipes. Yeah. (laughs) Tell me about that. So if somebody has a goal, we'll break down what needs to get done. Because what ends up happening is like you think of this like goal and then you allot it in your calendar and you're like, "Hmm, it'll take two hours. And of course, it's more than two hours. You really didn't take all the steps. You didn't really analyze everything. And then you don't get it done. Right. So it's kind of like my analogy of this is I have a toddler. My toddler's patience in a grocery store is 30 minutes. I did what entrepreneurs do. And so I was like, hmm, I need to think of a new breakfast idea. And so the idea was breakfast, 30 minutes. I go in with my toddler. And of course, I'm like going in there. I'm looking at like, what can I do with the ingredients? And then I'm like going on the websites. And of course, those recipe websites always have so much ads that they never come up quick enough. And so all of a sudden, it's literally like 29 minutes in, my kid's about to throw a tantrum. And guess what? I leave with nothing for breakfast. Oh, no. Yeah. And that's what usually happens with entrepreneurs. So they go in with an intention of like, hey, I'm going to have this like website. I don't know. Maybe it's like a landing page, but they didn't do their research. They didn't like look at the structure. So the best way to go about it is actually when you schedule that time in, that you're ready to work on that project. So the better scenario of that grocery thing is I knew I took the time. I researched what I wanted. I had a list. I went in there and I came out with what I needed. Am I the only one who experiences this? (laughs) No, no, you're not at all. (laughs) So you have a time analysis and then you have a goal recipe. So those are two tools. How else do you keep entrepreneurs on, on track, accountable? So we believe in four layers of accountability. And one of the layers of accountability is we believe in positive social pressure, not shaming, just something fun. Because what we're trying to do is um, kind of lower the voice of the inner critic, lower the voice of the perfectionist, lower the voice of the overanalysis that goes in everybody's head. So they rather uh, get something done imperfectly, which is most likely going to like do well, then sing a song in their next weekly call. Okay. <laughs> sing a song. So somebody has to just sing a song? Yeah. All of a sudden, they go on. Um, that might feel like a punishment. <laughs> well, the whole thing is, is like when you say you're going to make a commitment, we want you to make sure that the commitment's great. And so most people don't want to sing a song. So when they're thinking like, oh, no, I got to get this done. They will do something and their perfectionist goes out, oh. analysis go out, and it works. We've okay. tried everything. The money thing does not work. Okay. And you mentioned gamifying. Talk to me a little bit about that. How do, how do you inject that? So we put them on a game. So right now, actually, um, that same member, we're getting him past, even though it's funny how, like, you are right. It is a space of, like, you take the first step. They have a, now he started with me with one person. Now he has a team of five and you would assume he has that let go process. Mm -hmm. He nailed it. 
now Mm-mm. still have the next layer. So now he's still kind of like, he goes to default, the default's so strong. And so he's working crazy hours right now. He went from this to this week, crazy hours, because a lot of fires happen. So I said, all right, you're not getting creative. Now we're going to play a challenge. I want you to have a picture of your two daughters and your wife. And I want you to put a goal of 30 hours a week. And every time that you check out that you did this, you're going to have this reward that you had that he set up. And so, and he goes, and all we're going to be doing is just being aware of it and getting more and more points. So you start feeling the difference of getting creative. Because when you have constraints, it's actually a freaking blessing, Mm. right? So 30 hours is like, hmm, is this really worth my time doing is, or can I delegate this? Or does somebody else have this expertise that can get this done faster? And so what we're doing is we're helping him and his mind get that strength, like building that muscle up so he doesn't go back into default. And we have him have a picture. So visually, subconsciously, he knows what the cost is. So there's a cost, right? Oh, shoot. I won't get to see my daughters and be present. Or even if I come home after work, working uh, 40 or 50 hours, I'm not going to be fully present and that energy is still there, right? You can be with somebody and not be present and have this kind of like energy where you're off. Interesting because my three-year-old granddaughter, we use kind of a similar system with her. (laughs) My daughter does, (laughs) you know, she gets stars when she has good days, you know, she's listening, she's not had any potty accidents. And then there's a bigger goal when she gets X amount of stars, there's, there's a bigger prize or you know, reward that she gets sort of sounds like the same thing. Yeah. I'm doing it with my kid now. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that interesting how the, the training model and the, the cultivation and rewards don't really change. And you you know, the reward might drastically that you shame the person, right? You're kind of getting them to be aware of the thing. So we wouldn't put somebody when they did it, like, you're so wrong. You did that. You wouldn't do that to your kid. Right. You make it kind of fun still, but you can let them feel the consequence because there's always a consequence in life. There absolutely is. Every choice could potentially bring one. Yes, absolutely. So you, um, like I said, I was stalking your YouTube. You also have several videos on there about tools. Uh, Trello being one that I saw, but I saw another video that had just mentioned tools. Talk about how you work with clients with tools. So one of the things we do is we look at what is a tool. We actually have these stats. Um, Owners Up is about approaching, I would say, 10 years, I think in a year or two. And most people who came to us did not even have QuickBooks in place. Oh my. Yeah. And they were running. This is not like... Like, oh, they just started. I would say they were running around 200,000. And then they also, there was just so many tools that they didn't have. They haven't didn't have a project management tool. Um, right now, I don't, I use ClickUp now. Mm-hmm. There's so many tools that they didn't use. And what, it doesn't even matter about the tool. It matters about the process, mm-hmm. right? So, cause like there's some fun tools you can use and like you, there's so many features and you never use them. Right. So we try to figure out what works for them and then how can we get it better? So here's a great one. One of the big common things my members deal with is they get interruptions by their team. Okay. Tons of interruptions. Their energy is hijacked. They got, they're now off course on where they were like deep thinking. And then they had an interruption and bam, hijacked. Right. 
energy, focus, everything. And so they, they're like, why the heck am I writing all these essay, SOPs, standard operating procedures? And why am I writing all these flows if sometimes they're asking the same silly questions that were in there? So now with AI, you can actually grab and build an AI bot, put all your forms and everything in it. And when they have a question, they can just ask it. Okay. Tell me a little more about that. That's interesting. Yeah. So there's one we use. Um, it pops up as a bot. So I actually, I just want to bring it up. Chatbase.co. Okay. But there's other ones out there. And all you're doing is literally... It, it can read websites, it could read um, spreadsheets, it could read any documents. You're inserting the information in there. And then now what the, the AI is doing is like someone asks a question, they search all this information, and then they answer it. That is fascinating. Um, you told me about another tool before we got started. It was a podcast tool. Yes, it's called Cast Magic. Cast Magic. Okay, tell our listeners what Cast Magic was, because mm -hmm. I found that one fascinating as well. So I use this for um, when I'm doing calls. And so what it'll do is it will, um, you'll upload the video and then it'll transcribe it and then do summaries of everything so you can use it for however you want it. So it's just not a summary. It'll actually write the copy, Twitter uh, for your LinkedIn, whatever it is, email, newsletter. And then you even can ask the bot to like create like a quiz on the whole thing or a course if you wanted to. Oh, wow. That's so, extraordinarily helpful. <laughs> yeah. So these are the tools where we're like, hmm, how can we help them optimize their business? Mm -hmm. So and you're optimizing through the processes as well as the accountability. The And and, and we use project management. We use Asana uh, as our project management tool. It's a portion of a, the accountability as well, you know, making sure tasks are done on time, making sure that they're delivered to the clients on time and that feedback is received and everybody's doing the follow-ups the way they are. So I, I can see how you can incorporate those into that. What are the challenges you've had with driving accountability? You know, I haven't had as much challenges because if they haven't met for some reason, my like the being held accountable, there's something inner that's going there. So we take the time to work on that inner side. So if they're missing something and they very like, if they sing a song once and then they sing it again, I'm like, oh, something's going up, going on. And I go in and then I ask what's going on, right? What is, and then we work with it. And it's something sometimes like a mental state, like uh, maybe it's overwhelm or the perfectionist got into them a really... Um, they need a little bit more handholding, or it's a fact that something's going on with their personal life. Mm. And then we explore that and then we get them back ready to start going. So it's kind of like running, you get injured. You're like, of course you can't make that time. Something's going on. And even if you're not injured, like, let's say you're not making your intervals. It's like something like you've been telling yourself you can't do it. And now you can't do it. So we work with either if it's an injury, meaning in this analogy, the injury is something like personally happening to them, or if it's a mental block, then we get them ready to go and ready to race what we call sprints. That's excellent. That's absolutely excellent. I noticed that you called your clients members. Tell me about that. Yeah. Um, they should be called teammates, right? But I call them members because I'm, they're just part of like a team. I'm, I really believe in having everybody have like a success team, like a circle. So people who are challenging you, uh, 
cheering you on and then just also giving it to you real. That's important. So do you work in a, you work in a group model? It sounds like. Yeah. I'm really into having people with um, groups of five. Cause for me, when, if I, when I've done these programs, I'm so good at hiding out. Mm. Meaning I'll look at it, observe it. I'll attend the Q and A's. And then um, I will never be the one that's like, oh, I need help or be the one who's open and vulnerable. I need a small group of people so I can be vulnerable, understanding and supportive. Absolutely. I agree with that. So what should I have asked you that I didn't ask you today? Hmm. I would say one of the big habits that, you know, focus, especially where when you have companies paying and hiring millions of dollars to get your focus on their platform. Hello, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, right? Uh And so you're overwhelmed with alerts and things. How do you optimize your focus? (laughs) (laughs) I think we talked a little bit about this right before we started. This is a little uh, trick and a habit, and it just takes three minutes and it's three steps. Uh It's called wrap. R is for review. So write down what you actually accomplished for the day. Because sometimes when we finish the day, we're like, what the heck did we accomplish? We have this feeling. And when we write it down, we're like, oh, we actually got a lot done. Or, oh, that project took me a long time. In order to make changes, you have to be aware, right? A is for assess. Write down one to five. What actually, how was a day for you? And then once you start realizing your patterns, like, oh, most days it's a three, but the days that are fives, maybe you are on an amazing call. Maybe you close the con- client. So then we reverse engineer that because now you have data. Mm-hmm. And then as you prioritize the three things, like if all of a sudden um, you had to like stop your day at 12 o'clock, what were the three things that would move your business forward? You always want to put constraints because constraints get you more creative. So... R is review, A is analyze, and P is prioritize. I'm sorry, assess. Okay, perfect. Wrap. And with that, we are going to wrap (laughs) with a W. (laughs) Tanya, tell us, uh, tell our listeners how they can find you after the show. Uh, um, I post often on LinkedIn. So you can find me, Tanya Alvarez, owners up, and then um, YouTube. I haven't been updated. And then I will send you links so they can actually download the wrap, the resource. Absolutely. Send that to me. We'll make sure it gets into the show notes so that everybody can has that access to it. Tanya, thank you so much for being here today. You have been uh, a font of information. I love it. Uh, thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me for today's Nurture Small Business podcast, where the focus is on business growth through technology, leadership, and people strategies. Do you have an idea for a podcast or feedback you'd like to share with me? send me a note through my website at dcavirtual.com slash contact.